Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 81, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we reach into the mailbag to answer a question, and finally review Ginkopolis. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Nah, I'm Richie. Clef, I saw a nice little uh, new car out front. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had promised my wife uh, when I had my car paid off, she has been driving a this Dodge Caravan van for 16 years. And Ooh. it's, yeah, it's in bad shape. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it it sounds like it when you drive it. it. It sounds pretty bad. And it's, you know, it's. I'm not saying it's not drivable, but I'd kind of promised her I'd get her something. Little did I know that when I went, we went to look for a car, we started off in the, oh, I don't know, let's, you know, the smaller car, you know, this and that, but she wanted something that all the kids would fit. Well, eventually they show her an Infiniti XQ80 or something like that. And of course, this is the vehicle that she falls in love with. Well, the particular one that was brand new was like $80,000. I was like, you are crazy if you think I'm spending $80,000 on a vehicle. Since okay. most of your kids are grown. Yes, it, exactly. Yeah, I know, right? So we ended up finding a, a really nice used one that uh, we ended up getting for 32000 So it was, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still expensive, yeah. but it's least manageable. And it's a, it's, it's a 2016, I believe, you know, and it only, it had like uh 50,000 miles on it or something. And those things, they can run up to 250,000 and it was only one owner. And so it was, it was a pretty nice, nice vehicle. So, and I mean, uh, to tell you the truth, um, I kind of like it when I'm driving. I kind of feel like I'm just going to go crush like Richie's type of car. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to run right over him. Get out of my way. You <laughs> could easily crush the key. The key keeps trying to die. I just had to replace the clutch on it. Oh, that's right. And I, I can't, I, I, I want to hate cars. Yeah, I hate buying cars. I hate dealing with car salesmen. I just I don't I do not like buying cars at all. And anytime that the Kia even just sputters a little bit, I get a little worried. And nowadays I don't drive that. I don't drive the Kia all that often. I now go about two months in between filling my tank. Wow. And I've ran out. I ran out of gas once with it just because it's so long now when I fill the tank since I'm not driving to work. That I just forget to even look. You ran out of gas while you were driving. I ran out of gas once. <laughs> Luckily, I was in the neighborhood. But wow, it it is. Uh, yeah, I I hate buying cars. I hate the whole car buying experience. Well, let me ask Clef this. I mean, did the dealer show you how to open the hood? <laughs> nope. Well, uh, I hope you can figure uh, that out before the battery dies. The, I still can't open the hood on my car. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I and the best That's part of that was when he was is. like, yeah. "You open it. You open it. It's, not, open that it. it's not that easy. It's going to take you at least five minutes to open it." And I think we were up there maybe three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Richie's like, uh, "Here you go." And it's a hey. normal hood. There's hey. nothing special know, about right? the hood. No, it's got that tricky thing underneath that latch. <laughs> Whatever. It is tricky. Oh, this is baloney. It is tricky. And uh, I don't want to hear it. Oh, man. Uh, I don't need to open That's my hood. Man. That's what the mechanic is for. <laughs> I mean, Except for that one time that you needed to open your hood and you couldn't. <laughs> yeah, that, well, right. Dan couldn't open it either. So <laughs> You two are a pair then. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we talk about hey. board games? <laughs> Tweedle, what have you been playing lately? <laughs> Well, I got in a play of the Anachrony expansion. Oh, man, I want to hear this because I have mine and I haven't played it. Okay. Um, Now, Anachrony is a game that I I very much enjoyed. I I actually backed the Kickstarter, you know, for the very first Kickstarter way back when. And I enjoyed it. I always thought Anachrony was a really good game. However, I did not think that the two expansion type of things that came with it were very good. I thought the one where you got all the cards was very more lucky you know the cards would kind of you know do some luck and it just didn't work very much that's and, the adventure one right like yeah. where you kind of have those adventures you can go out on yeah exactly yeah, and you I get those not. cards and then the other one the doomsday module i don't know just never really grasped me either so 
the base game I thought was fine, but the base game became a little bit, all right, same kind of thing over and over again. And so it kind of just went to, I, the anachrony kind of actually hit my sell shelf. Like, not like where I was putting it out for, hey, does anyone want to buy this? But it was over there like on a uh, maybe type of thing. So when the expansion came around for the new, uh, the new expansions, I was like, I'm out. I'm not really interested. But I thought, well, somebody will have it. And maybe I can borrow it and play it. So uh, one of our listeners, Michelle, was nice enough. She let me borrow the entire. She got the big whole infinity box with everything in it, which I'll tell you right there, that's a game in itself, just trying to get that out and then put it back away. Wow. But anyway, so um, she let me borrow it. And on just a couple of weeks ago, I was able to sit down and play it. And uh, first thing, there's one expansion that's called Fractures in Time. And then there's a whole nother one that has like multiple different modules in it. So to start with, obviously, I just played the Fractures in Time. And what happens in the Fractures in Time is it has a board that you have like kind of a little personal board that you can put these little flux cores on and you can do what's called blinking. So that's where you can actually take one of your mechs that has a uh, one of your workers in the mech and you can blink to another spot on on one of the boards out there. So um, and when you blink, you have to roll this die to see if you go into a, uh, a glitch. So kind of like something that glitches. So if you roll and your dice is higher than the number of spots you have left open on your flux board, then you have to glitch. And it, the, whatever the other die is that you roll with it will show you where you have to put these glitches. So if, and so you might have to place them on the fractured of time board. You might have to place them on the in game points where you're not eligible for those points uh, and, or on buildings or even on spots where you can like power up the mechs. And so these different spots, you don't, those aren't working. Well, you have these glitches on there. Now, obviously there's ways that you can try to remove the glitches. Um, but every, and then every glitch you have left over at the end of the game is also worth some negative points. This was absolutely just really, really good. I really thought it was a neat concept. It was a whole new, it, it very much made. And now I'm going to say this, I played this just the two player game. Okay. And it, but it made it very cat and mousey where it was like, okay, well, I want to blink, but if I blink, I'm going to open up a spot for my opponent to either put out one of his, you know, current mechs or maybe blink into it. And maybe I don't want them to be able to go get, you know, a cheaper building or, you know, or this other spot, you know, these different things. And so that was like a whole new, just the way that you had to think about playing the game. The other thing that I found this funny at first is they remove one of the rounds from the game when you play it with the fractures of time. And of course me and Brian who were playing it, were like, why are they removing a round? Well, I'm going to tell you why they remove a round because the rounds last about twice as long because wow. of all the blinking and moving around flat out. And obviously the first time I played it, but just the amount of thinking that you have to do in this game, you are going to be there for a while. So don't think this is a quick game. I am not playing this game four player with that fractures of time board. There is no way. Uh, it's going to make Twilight Imperium look like a quick game. All right. I mean, it was, yeah, I'm, I'm telling you there, but very, very interesting. So I played it with that. And then uh, we came back the next night and we actually played it with that, uh, that part. And then we also added in some of the other modules from uh, the, um, from the other uh, expansion. And one of those was some like these technology cards that you could go and get and there are also these, what they called hypersync tiles. And it was like a tile that you could just place in your current timeline. And it would either let you go get a person or it would let you build a building or it would let you get a, uh, a breakthrough, those little symbols on the, on the different shapes. And you could do those without having a mech, which was really cool because there's always that time where you're like, man, I really wish that I had one more mech to go do this or whatever. And now you could use those. Now, to pay them back was a little bit more difficult because you couldn't do like a use another way to uh, like a free way to pay them back. You always had to go back in time and then you had to pay a breakthrough, a certain breakthrough to uh, pay them back. So it made it, you know, or the, they were nice to use, but they were harder to pay back everything. And I haven't even played with all of it. There's still 
other parts of it. And these, and there's, I haven't even told, I mean, there's like the uh, bad anomaly tiles. If you remember those, there's a module that lets you have different bad tiles as opposed to them all being the same, like they normally are. So that's interesting. Like, Oh man, this is, you know, this will stop, you know, like if you wake your people up, uh, you can wake all but one of them up or anytime somebody comes back motivated normally where they're not, they don't go to the tired side. They still go to the tired side. Like all kind of these tiles, they made it really different on these on these war, uh, these anomaly tiles. So so many cool things and things. Like I said, I haven't even begun. Um, I'm going to tell you this right now. I yes, it was long, but I mean, for what we play, I st- I still really enjoyed it. Anachrony back onto the regular shelf, and I'm looking to pick this up. It's not cheap. I mean, it's probably going to run you probably 50 bucks to get these two expansions now. Maybe, I don't know, with shipping, maybe a little bit more depending. They're not cheap. Um, so mm. it's, it's, a, it's a big, you know, uh, investment. There's a lot there, so, though. Yes. If you like Anachrony, these expansions to me are a must. I cannot, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't imagine, and I don't think I ever would play the regular base game of Anachrony now without at least that Fractures in Time. I thought it was that interesting and that, that now, granted, I played it twice. Maybe if I played it four or five more times, maybe after a while I'd be like, okay, it's not all. You know, this is very first impressions. And obviously, after you play a game like that, sometimes maybe it does become a little bit more samey. And, you know, there's certainly the player interaction in the game is not much besides, you know, trying to beat people to a spot or maybe beat somebody to a building. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. And this was put out in part with David Turtsey. And we know that he is sort of one of the solo masters out there. And so one of the things, if you're a solo gamer, that this adds is new, uh, more streamlined, uh, better updates to the Chronobot uh, module. And so if you are a solo gamer, it's totally worth it for this because I've just heard how great it is. I have a lot of friends that just keep this uh, set up on the table and uh, play some of the solo stuff uh, who are solo gamers because it's great for that. Wow. I'm going to pick uh, it up. Are you going to get the big box? So The big, big no, box? No, I don't think so. I think I'll just get the, you know, I think I'll just pick up the expansions. Um, I think I'm, I'm fine with my, you know, what I have. You know, yeah, I, I just, that's that's a little, a little too much. That box is a little too much. It's, it's huge. I mean, the what, size of my three-year-old. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, I mean, Brad, imagine if you were like bringing to the game day and you're like, okay, I got this big old bag. What do you got in there? Anachrony. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Um, uh, he's got, and, and for Clef, I mean, that's tough. If you were bringing that to a game day, let's just pretend like he, you know, in that infinity, he gets all the kids in the car. Then he doesn't even know how to open his trunk to put that big box in there. So, well, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah that's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, uh, and it also, it, it did fix a little bit. Like if you remember the original cubes that they put in the, you know, for the, ex, for the Kickstarter expansion, the cubes, you couldn't tell, like three of them all looked the same when they were just sitting on a, on a table. It was very hard to tell the differences. I think in this edition, they, they added some different colored cubes so they look different. Yep. Um, this is one of those things where for me, I still play with the original little cardboard chits uh, when I play for the hmm. cubes because I can tell the differences in them, you know, and where those, the clear cubes, I just can't tell. I, I just, ha- I, I hate those. And then unfortunately... I'm sorry, but come on, that water is ridiculous. Those little, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how you pick that stuff up or keep track of it. I don't know. When I play, I just use, like, we use poker chips to, to, to show our how much water we have, you know, so because. Still not as bad as Barrage. No, it is as bad as Barrage. It's, it's They're not the as same. bad as Barrage. No, it's the same. It's the same. It They're is. Like They're slightly like, bigger. Oh, my God. Slightly. The new ones, if I remember right, the new ones are better. The, okay, the, I don't know. Just obviously, Michelle, I don't know what she got for all the upgrades right. and different mm-hmm. stuff in her version. Uh, but I mean, her version still had that same water, okay. and I was like, I, I'm just that's just not an acceptable thing for me when you're talking about components. There, once again, not. I mean, it looks pretty, which I know is something that you want to go for, but you got to have some practicality when you're when you're talking about a game like that, especially yeah. with uh, the other thing. And I'll say this real quick, and I'll, I'll be done talking about it. But there. The, the only bad thing about this game is there's so much going on. You will, there's stuff you will forget. Right. You know, you will just yeah. all of a sudden you'll think, oh, okay, I'll do this. And then your opponent will go, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this. You're like, how do you do that? And they're like, oh, I did it this way. 
oh my goodness, I never thought you could beat me to that spot, you know, yeah. and then you'll, you'll lose out on it or something. So um, you got to be careful. And, but once again, that's, that's going to take a long time. If you don't like long Euro games, stay away from it. But if you like deep, long Euro games with lots of decisions, this is definitely a mm-hmm. cool game. Well, I played a time travel game as well. Oh, and, oh what did you play? So if you don't like long oh. Euro games. You got an alternative. I got an alternative for you, and that's Loop Inc. from Scott Holmes, and I believe it's published by Eagle Griffin, actually. And in this, and I played this with Jake, I just played this two-player, and the, the theme of the game is that you work at some time travel agency, and you're taking people back in the past to on different trips, oh. essentially. The game is played over a single day, repeat it three times. And so the way that it works is that you have your board and you have three spaceships on there. And the first time through the loop, you'll only have one of those spaceships or time travel machines available to you. And what you're trying to do, and it's essentially recipe fulfillment. So at the beginning of the game, you'll lay out a certain number of these cards that require your time machine to have certain parts on it. And there are three spaces. It's the garage, the armory, and another place that are on the main board. And those will have the different components that you need to get for your time machine. And there's only, I think, I believe it's the number of players plus one for components out there for each one. Uh, so they're limited during a turn, but they'll be replenished on the next turn, essentially, or the next time you go through the loop. Uh, the really cool thing about this though, is that, so on your first turn, you're gonna play three cards. So there's a bunch of cards that you have out in the middle of the board or the middle of the uh, play area that you'll be able to select a card and the cards will do things like adding components to your time machine, uh, allowing you to swap components between your time machines. But whatever you take and you play down, you, you have to play it in order. And then when you go to the next loop, you're going to have to pick those cards up and they have to be played in that same order again. Oh, just for, I mean, for the little card game that it is, it's very brain burner. The another thing that you have to keep in mind is that these different areas that you're going to, your opponent is also trying to go to them. And if someone completes a recipe, you know, the recipe fulfillment for one of them, you can still go there, but you'll cause a rip in time. And when you do that, uh, you get a little token. And if you have, if you do that three times, you just automatically lose the game. The nice thing, or the interesting thing is for, so that second time that you go through the loop and you have to pick those cards back up, you're going to have to play now six cards, but those three, you have to keep in the same order. And the other six are just going to kind of go towards the end. So if your opponent is going for a a component that is, there's only one left of, and you really need that in order to go to a certain spot, you may jump out and grab another one of those cards. But now, once again, once we go back through that third loop, you're going and taking that piece at the same time, the next, the next time you have to do it. Like I said, for a little card game, there's a lot going on. Mm. Uh, and there was a bunch of little expansions that Jake had that we didn't play with, but looked interesting, like that will add goals to it, add uh, different powers and whatnot. Huh. Uh, so I, I had never heard of it until Jake put it on the table and okay. I'm thinking about picking up a copy. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. I remember Jake telling me about this one and then he didn't have, he said he was kind of bummed that he gotten rid of it at some point. So yeah. he must've got, yeah, it, he got it back in a okay. math trade. So. Nice. Um, this sounds interesting. I mean, uh, that uh, game that we played recently, um, uh, Fayum, you know, mm-hmm. had that, you know, that card play. And I was I was kind of excited about that card play where you kind of had to play the cards in the same order. Yeah. It, that it never amounted uh, to anything in that Fayum. But this sounds very interesting. I like that thought process of kind of almost like programming that you have to do. Yeah. And then you exactly. have, yeah. Oh, I'm, and it's I'm it, it, it definitely this. more brutal than what it sounded like in, in Fayum. I remember hearing about this one when it first came out mm-hmm. in the aspect that they thought that it, you know, a lot of people say that time travel hasn't been very well represented in games, but this one they had kind of talked about. Well, it kind yeah, kind of gives you that feel. So. They did a good job. That's great. They did a really good All job. Right. You said Scott Alms did it. Yes. Yep. All right. Lou Pink. Okay. Very cool. Good. All right. All right, Chad. Round us out. What have you been playing? Well, I'm going to talk about two because I haven't gotten any letters uh, yet. So I uh, no one sent a letter. Come on, people! We need a letter writing campaign. One game, Chad. One. Well, just really quick, have you guys played Bonanza before? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. This was my. I, I just recently acquired it, and the in-laws were in town, and I thought this would be a great five-player game because sometimes I talk to you about Finn. Finn, he he's not much for Euro games or you know head-down games. He wants 
wants to be working around the table. So we played some party games with the in-laws, but we got this to the table, and he he told me this is a game that he he really enjoys. So just for for people who haven't ever played it before, it is one of Uwe Rosenberg's first games, uh-huh. mm. and uh, it's a card game, and you have these beans of uh, varying sizes. So that there uh, there may be a whole lot of them in the deck. And then there may be some that are much rarer. You're set collecting and planting them down in your own little bean patches, but you have to put them down uh, from your hand, and your hand has to be in order. So you can never take your cards out of order, right? And basically what you're doing is you're trading. So you're you're going to start the game, and when it's your turn, you'll be able to plant one or two cards from the front, and this is very important, from the front of your hand down in your field, Okay. And if you can't plant when you're supposed to plant, you have to tear up one. And that hurts sometimes if you don't have enough of a set collection yet built up of the of those beans. Because remember, you can only plant them down in the same uh, rows where they're the same kind of beans. So you have to tear them up because each set collection is worth a certain amount of coins. And the coins are just on the back of the cards. So you just collect as many coins from the backs of the cards and then turn in the rest, which is great. Uh, but you would plant and then you flip over two from the deck and these two you get to trade with anybody including what's in your hand as well and so you're just kind of trading back and forth and making deals and sometimes it, it warrants uh getting cards out of the front of your hand if you're trade if i'm trading no. with clef i just I, I will maybe even give him this card and say i don't care about those beans on the table yeah. i will yep. happily yeah. give you this green bean because i yeah. i don't want it I'm you know getting rid of my stink beans yeah, yeah exactly absolutely. Yep. so uh so there's all kinds of wheeling and dealing to be had around the table and at five players is a, is a great count for this game i think it plays up to seven or something like that yeah, and five is the sweet spot yeah, yeah. It, it was great we had a great time and actually since after the in-laws left um we played at three two which isn't awesome but it is still fun and, and Finn enjoys it. You have three bean fields instead of two then. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. Anyway, great it, game. it's a great negotiation game. We talked about trading games and, and maybe doing a list. This might make uh, a, a, a good trading game list when we yeah, do that yeah, draft sometime. That. Absolutely. So. I, I like how, because I saw, got a little peek of the rule book that Chad is holding. I like how he uses his segues about beans to talk Ooh. about this slip in a game Ooh. that is that's what chad does that's, so, so, <laughs> i mean that's why i have to talk about that. wow right. what are you what are you segueing into uh, now chad well, well we were talking about beans uh-huh. and while we're already on the subject of beans <laughs> uh, one of the games that i got in kind of a grouping lately was a solo game called coffee roaster oh yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. it's all about roasting Whoa, beans this is a solo game yes okay i'm gonna go take a <laughs> actually richie i think you might like this one because i i've looked at it a lot and i've almost gotten it in a couple trades yeah so you got the new the new version right yep i did so i will give you uh you know i'll give it to you to borrow because it's it's really snappy what it is is it's just a bag builder um think if you know if you know deck building this is this is deck building without the cards chits instead and so what you're trying to do is build up a bag of coffee beans and other beans um to roast the perfect cup of coffee so you get these recipe cards out of a deck and it kind of tells you okay here are the chits you're going to start with in your bag for this particular kind of coffee and here is the range of number that you're that you're aiming for because all the beans start out in your deck at zeros and then you can they have to get roasted up uh, every time. And sometimes, uh, depending on where you're at on the temperature track, they'll roast double. And uh, so, but if a bean gets too roasted because they go up to four, you burn the beans. And so then you have to have a burn chit, basically. So you're constantly trying to balance getting new chits and upgrading the, the chits so that when you finally decide, okay, I'm done building my bag up, I'm going to do the uh, cup test. Well, then that just means you're pulling chits and putting them on the coffee cup. And they're the numbers. uh, And so they have to add up to a certain number to get a certain amount of points at the end of of this game or at the end of the round of the game, basically. And so if you pull off stuff that you don't want, there's a tray off to the side. And that tray can hold three things you don't want, basically. Now, when you're building up stuff for your bag, you're pulling out chits and you're pulling out different flavor tokens. Those flavor tokens allow you to place them on the left side of your board for different effects, such as one flavor uh, lets you combine two bean tokens into one by adding up their roast levels. So that's a way to get more. Um, Another one lets you take two bean tokens out, basically, which is nice. Uh, So there are different effects that you can do. And also you can... um, 
put them down in combination. So sometimes at different uh, on different turns, you're laying stuff out for a, a later turn to get a flavor effect that goes with the cup. So in other words, you can get some sweetness into the into the flavoring, the coffee, different different things that you're trying to build up to. And so basically, once you've built up your bag, you test the cup, and then hopefully you haven't uh, you haven't burned anything. Now, sometimes, like I said, you can get up to a certain temperature, and then you have to put smoke. Uh, smoke chits into your bag so this of course kind of pollutes the bag and it, it will mess with the with the outcome if you pull them during the cup testing but at the end you're going to get points for roast so coming close to that number because again all the beans can be like zero to four uh, you're going to get flavor points which uh, each recipe will tell you which flavor points you want to have they're different colors and then you're going to get skill points the skill points are basically like if you have three tokens of this exact same number or roast level, you'll get some points. And then if you have five, you're going to get more. Six, you're going to get more. So having the same roast level is good. And then uh, you'll get minus points for certain other chits. And then basically you record the outcome and you get to, based on how you did, you get to pick from another set of recipes, either up or down, easier or harder. So it's a nice little quick, easy game to play with some good decisions and, uh, it's a nice little solo game. It's there's a reason it's highly regarded in the solo community, and that's uh, nice. from Sashi, I believe. All so right. that's Coffee Roaster. Clef, you gonna give that a try? I mean, just a year ago, he was into solo games. What, Mark Ibo? Mark Ibo, you played through like the whole campaign or whatever. I played two games of it solo. <laughs> well, you were really hyped about it. Yeah, yeah I will yeah, say that. Uh, yeah, I regret that. <laughs> <laughs> I regret that. <laughs> uh, I did not have what? relations with that board game. It's. I mean, it sounds very interesting, um, but you know, no, it's. I'd be a hard pass for me. Here's where I play some of those solo mm -hmm. games, though. When when my son and my wife want to watch Nailed It or some other cooking show, and they want me to be with them in the room, that's when I play a solo yeah. game. I like, a, I like a good cooking show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just tell my wife no. Like, <laughs> same way I would tell my wife no, I'm going to Age of Steam Con and not celebrating your anniversary. What anniversary is it, by the way, Chad? What what year? It is well, 14th anniversary. Oh, that's not even, even a count. real one. Yeah. I mean, if 14. it was like 15 or 20 or something, not even maybe. 15. Yeah, it's no, just the. Uh, yeah. No, come on now. That's a fake one. That didn't even count. <laughs> nice. Yeah. One, yeah. five, yeah. 10, 20. Yeah, exactly. And then you're done after you're that. Done. Really, after that, it doesn't matter at that point. You're, you've been married for so long. We're My wife and I are about to have our 23rd. We're done. We don't even celebrate Yeah, just play anymore. this part of the no. podcast with Steph. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and, and remember, anybody who is interested, we are going to Age of Steam Con November 5th through 7th in uh, Kansas City. So come and join us if you want to come play some Age of Steam and have some good time. Maybe. Yep. Uh, maybe Unless you want to play 18xx. Not allowed. It says not allowed. It says no it on the, on the website. No 18xx. I, I, that's a clear no. bias in my opinion. So, so that I, I don't know how I feel about That's a bias that. I can get behind. I can get behind <laughs> that bias all day long. Maybe Stephanie. Stephanie's <laughs> interested in tiny houses. Maybe I just have mm. Stephanie come along for the tiny well, house. You're going to have to buy a compost yeah, toilet. And a compost <laughs> toilet and no shower. Yeah. Uh, that's why I got a suite at the hotel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So I think it's mailbag time. Yeah, let's do it. Ooh, right. What do we got in the mailbag? All right, folks, we have a non-board game question. Whoa. Oh, are those even allowed? Wow. Uh, Jason threw it in there, so I guess uh, we're going to ask it. Well, all right, Jason. I, all right. We like Jason. We like yeah, Jason. We'll, 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 we'll let Jason have a He's non- coming to Age of Steam Con. So He's he, coming to Age of Steam Con. He gets whatever he wants. He gets okay. exactly. I like it. All right. <laughs> wow. So he oh. wants to know what our first concert was. Okay. And also what our favorite concert was. Oh, okay. That we went to. So musical concert. Musical concert. Yes. yes. Yeah. I don't know what other kind of concert there is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What about you, Clough? You want me to start here? Yeah, you start. Okay. Um, well, um, my first musical concert, 1988, I don't, that's probably dating myself a little bit here, uh, Civic Auditorium, downtown Omaha, Nebraska here, and it was Metallica. Oh, nice. Um, it was, I was 16 years old and I was, I was living 
uh, you know, obviously most people don't know Omaha, but I was living at about 40th and Dodge and I just walked down to the Civic and got there, oh boy, six or seven hours before the concert. And they probably let us in at, oh, I don't know, maybe three hours before the concert. And to start with, this is back in the day, no seats. I mean, it was just in just the down, you know, as you would like to refer to it as the mosh pit, the you know, whole okay. mosh pit. yeah. And you had to sit down to start with, but then at some point they let you stand up and this is still like, I'm talking hour before the concert. So they let you stand up and all of a sudden it was just like, whoop, everybody is just like, mm-hmm. you cannot, it's just, you're just flowing with the, oh my God, it was crazy. I mean, I just, I was in heaven. It was so amazing. <laughs> and then I'm going to just go straight into my favorite concert of all time is this, is the, this Metallica concert. Okay. It was amazing. I mean, I, ca- I can't even remember who opened for them. It didn't matter that, you know, the band was on there for like three songs and then people are like, get off the stage. We do not <laughs> care. Uh, this was to me when Metallica was absolutely just at their peak before they got Bob rocked and turned into, you know, I don't know, bad Motley Crue or whatever that they turned into. Eventually. What's Bob rock mean? So, well, Bob rock was the producer of oh, the black album okay, and he yeah, was yeah, doing yeah. Motley Crue yeah. and Def Leppard. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, instead of making great Metallica songs, let's make these poppy songs that can go on the radio and make you guys lots of money, which don't get me wrong. And sell a lot of records, sell a lot of records yeah. and make a lot of money. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying the band changed after, I mean, once he got a hold of them, they just were never the same. And you know, I, I they always wanted to make money after that. Well, you know, Hey, <laughs> hey you, you get the taste of the money, you know, yeah. I mean, but that, uh, that concert in 88, it was the and justice for all tour. They had this huge. And if you know that album cover, they had this huge, uh, justice statue that was up there. Mm-hmm. And during that song, it like exploded and like the, like the the arm was swinging, and uh, at the time Jason Newstead, their bassist was like he was like up there with his bass, like he was battling it. It was oh my god, it was so awesome. I literally probably drank five gallons of water after that concert. <laughs> I was so <laughs> parched. I mean, it was so, but it was amazing. Uh, best concert I've been to. If I had to throw in my second, would be Garth Brooks. I know total opposite, but you know, Hey, yeah. he's an Brooks. entertainer, man. He is a heck of an entertainer. Yeah. And then real quick, and Jason asked these questions. So I'm gonna throw it out there. My <laughs> third favorite concert. I don't know. He didn't really ask for second. No, third, but I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> my third favorite was the strangest concert I ever went to. Okay. I don't know if you remember the band warrant. Yep. Okay. So once again, an eighties, you know, kind of hair band and their lead singer, Janie Lane, Okay, this was a few years after kind of the hair metal thing had died. You know, Nirvana came in and just, you know, it was it was over overnight, basically. So they were playing at a bar called Guitars and Cadillacs. And I don't know if you're familiar with this bar, but it used to be an old country bar. Like, you know, so they had, uh, the stage was like up high and then down below was a dance floor where obviously people in country would go and line dance or whatever. So they had this rock concert in this place. And so we get there, me and my buddy, and you're just, it's like the weirdest thing for a rock concert. We're like out in these tables out here. And then the band is, like I said, I mean, you're talking, I don't know, 40 feet in the air up there. So, which is really weird for that type of a concert. So they come out and they sang the first song. And like, basically almost at the, at the end of the first song, Janie Lane goes, you know, stop, stop the music. He's like, I can't do this. I can't even see you guys. You're down. So he literally comes down to the audience area and did the whole rest of the show from the audience, just out there. People, he'd hand the people the mic, you know, like, you know, singing, they'd be singing with him and just out there the entire time. It was so cool and just so personable. And I mean, that show would have sucked if it would have just been them being up there, but just how he came out there and did that, it was just, it was really cool. So I, I give that one my third. And why well, I think I talk more right. about that than board games. So now, yeah, right. I know. I was like, at least, at least I did my second and third about board games. Right. I thought you were about yeah. to sneak yeah. in a oh fourth there. Yeah. <laughs> and my fourth was uh, Debbie Gibson. No. <laughs> nice. All right, what about you, Chad? Well, I would say my very first was my dad took me to, when I was super young, to a Beach Boys concert with like Mike Love, you know, I mean, like the the sort of the sub in yeah. Beach Boys, yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, I so. think it was fun at the time. I mean, you think back and, and listening to that, the harmonies and stuff like that. I think that influenced my later tastes, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, but yeah, I remember that. Honestly, the first one that I went to uh, 
Woo. All right. Was with a girlfriend. Uh, it yeah. was, it was Petra. Uh, which is a Christian rock band. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, who? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a Christian rock band. Nice. I so went with my girlfriend. Concert. Like Striper type yeah, of one. Yeah, yeah, okay, exactly. Gotcha. So that was okay. the first okay. concert you, yeah. you went you to. you said, hey, yep. I'm like, buying I'm going. tickets yep. to this. And uh, all I'll say is I went with my girlfriend. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think <laughs> yeah. you cared about the band. She right? was hot. <laughs> so that's what I thought of that. Uh, but my favorite concert actually was probably the last one I've been to Wow! for my birthday. A couple of years ago, my wife got me U2 tickets and it was, I think one of their last tours. And honestly it is, you know, I've seen a bunch of plays and stuff on Broadway when I sure. lived in New York and, and all that kind of stuff. But this was one of my uh, favorite performances, sports, one, one of the best things that I Just have seen on a, a stage. Gotcha. It was, it was great. It was moving. It, it was inspiring. Like Stephanie and I both walked out like, oh, wow. I feel like I, you know, I, I feel like I've been to, you know, some people say been to church, right? I mean, I just felt I like inspired, you yeah. know? And, uh, nice. and it I, was, uh, it was great. I'm guessing those tickets were probably you, you, you're glad you got your money's worth. Because yeah. I'm sure they were expensive. They were not cheap yeah. at all. Yeah. But that was my birthday present, and it was a great one. It was a very memorable one. All nice. Right. All right. You, Richie? Right. Well, maybe you can't blow off your wife's. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You can't blow off your anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, is she getting him U2 tickets? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's already gotten that. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, for me, uh, my first concert was, uh, was going into my sophomore year of high school, and that was OzFest 2000. Okay. And it was one that I don't know how we convinced our parents to let us go. It was just me and four other guys. And I think actually, I think what we told them is that Mike's dad, who lived in Columbus at the time, we all lived in Toledo. He was going to go to the concert with us. And as soon as Mike's dad pulled up and he saw Ozfest, yeah. he said, He's out. here's my cell phone. Call me when you're ready. <laughs> he just awesome. dropped us off and let us go in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but it was a great concert. Pantera was fantastic. And that's probably my favorite performance that I've wow. been at. They incited the, because there was this pavilion area that you had to pay extra to get into. Mm -hmm. And there were like 20 people in there. Yeah. And then way in the back behind gates were the uh -huh. rest of us. Uh -huh. And then, you know, Pantera didn't like they were on the main stage and they incited the crowd to break down the gate. And go in. Wow. And then that was, I mean, and so then we were real close to the front, the main stage. Nice. Uh, so that was fun. Um, I just love that that's, you know, that's what he liked about it. I, I, had, I, I honestly. <laughs> like breaking the rules. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I, I, I honestly, I honestly can picture littler Richie, like, like next to somebody. You're going to let him push you like that? <laughs> go him. No, no. <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll sneak awesome. in a second since they, those were both kind of the same. But the, the second one uh, would be uh, the Cold War Kids. And that was here in Omaha at the Waiting I'm trying to remember the name of that bar. So I think it's the waiting, the waiting room, right? Waiting room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a little lounge in downtown Omaha. And, and that one was just it's such a small bar and it was an intimate show. And they were, I, I love it when they, you know, they riff on their songs or like he was doing a lot of them just on the piano. Cool. So like stuff like that was cool. So, yeah. so something different. Yeah. That's one thing I, at a concert. I like it when they do different stuff because sure. it's like, you know, I've been to some concerts where it's like, I literally just listened to your album. And right. It's nothing different. Right. You right. Know? I didn't and it's change like, anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, put on a show. That's, yeah. I mean, put on a yeah. show. And mm -hmm. then some bands just, they don't have it, you know, yeah. and, and some do. That's for sure. So, well, that was a great question, yeah. Jason. Question, All right. Jason. Well, yeah, hopefully we'll we didn't bore those people listening for board games. That was fun. <laughs> Everybody likes music. Yeah. yeah. I see it all. Every uh, once in a while. Yeah. All right. You know what else everybody likes? 3D bit space? Yup. Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. Well, guys, I think it's time to do a little review. I'm all, right. all in. All right, well, Ginkopolis is a one-to-five-player game that uh, lasts approximately 45 minutes. It is by Xavier Georges, published by Pearl Games. 
in Ginkopolis, players will be building on a city of tiles on a nine by nine grid that there will be red, blue, and yellow of tiles of one, two, three each. Then around the grid of tiles will be the letters A through L like little discs that are around the board. Um, all players will start with a hand of four cards that will have these either red, yellow, or blue, or the letter on their cards of that particular number. What will happen then is each player will play a card and then each player will resolve in player order that particular card. You can either choose, um, it's a multi-use card, so you can either choose to use to get resources uh, get victory points or get more tiles, or you can use it to build in the city. You can either expand with one of the letters to build out, or you can build up with one of the numbers. Every time then when you do an action, you will also trigger your tableau of cards that trigger for different actions that you take. So for instance, if you build up, you might have a couple of cards that then say, get a tile and get a resource or get a victory point, something on those lines. Then every time that you build up on a tile, you also have an opportunity to add another card to your tableau so that the next time you do those actions, you'll even get more different benefits. They also on those cards have in-game points that you can also get uh, once, the, once the numbers get a little bit higher. Then when you do build up, you also then are going to add whatever number of the tile is that you build. That number will be added or when you expand, those numbers will then be added to the deck. So then eventually those numbers will come out. So later in the game, when you build, uh, let's say then you get the number seven and it's out there, you have an opportunity to build up on that number seven. As you continue to play cards and, and build in the city, you will be adding your color of resource to each of the tiles that go out there. And as like, if you build a level one, you'll only have one resource on there. But if you build up and it's a two level, You'll have two resources and then eventually three and up to, you know, as much as you can go up. Now, the main reason why you're putting your resources out there is that is going to be one of the main ways you're going to score victory points for at the end of the game. At the end, when you have at least two sections that have the same color of those are those three colors we talked the blue, yellow or red, whatever, however many resources are on that area, you're going to add all those up. Whoever has the most will score a point for every resource on there. Whoever has the second most will only score their number of resources on there. You will continue to just go through and um, as you're going through, and I, di I didn't mention this, you will be drafting these cards. So you'll pick one of them out of your hand and then you'll pass them to the player on your left. And then the first player just kind of passes along with it. And so there you definitely always have a decision to make while you're choosing your card. Well, I want to take this card, but I really hate to pass this one because somebody might be able to build over one of my good sections. So sometimes you might want to take a card just to deny it from another player. As we go along, we'll just continue. There are no rounds. You just keep going and going and going until eventually um, the tiles will all run out in which case then everybody has an opportunity to add more tiles back to the draw pile. And then once it runs out a second time, that will trigger the end of the game. Like I said, you're going to score points for those resources on tiles. You're going to score points for the in-game victory cards that you picked up. And then you're going to score victory points from all the, the points that you've just kind of earned from the game. Um, most victory points wins. And there's how you play Ginkopolis. Thanks, Clef, for that helpful summary. We should start off where we always start off, the art and components of this game. One of these times we got to start off with like player count just to throw, you know, <laughs> mix it up. Throw a wrench in there. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, what did you think about the art and components? Oh, they're solid. And uh, I mean, this is a reprint. They didn't change anything, right? The At only all? thing I believe that they changed is they had the cranes uh, included in the game, if I remember right. Okay. Uh, the cranes are there to... Uh, to go out on the built-up sections to remind mm -hmm. you that when the cards run out and you have to reshuffle the cards and, and redo the the kind of draft at the end of the round, that you have to make sure to pull the cards of those new buildings. We found that it really didn't make a difference and it really didn't break up the play too much to just go through the different three colors of decks and find that card as soon as you built it yeah. up on top. Yeah. So the cranes were kind of extraneous, as cool as they look. You didn't, We didn't really use them because it was felt like a second step. Yeah, definitely yeah. an extra step that's not needed. Uh, and I 
just think it'd be a hassle to just do it all at once. Have it was. all the cards. It was, because that's how I did it the first one. time. And I was like, this is just a headache every yeah. time. And then we just realized, well, why don't every time we just build one, we just add it to the draw pile because it didn't make any yeah. difference anyways. You know, I mean, that's when the deck ran out. That's when you reshuffled anyway. Exactly. So, um, but for some people, maybe that's an easier way to do it. Then maybe, maybe they like the look of that little crane guy out there. So, I mean, they did a nice job with that component, but um, not what I felt was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, overall, the, the components in the art are... Just kind of standard Euro fare. It's yeah. You, know, you just got the little resources and then basic. That's, that's it. Tiles. Really. I mean, yeah. the resources are those sort of hexagonal cylinders, or maybe they're yeah octagonal, yeah, something like that. They're yeah. that the same ones that you find in like key flower and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I will say, and then maybe this is a weird yeah. thing to say, but for what you're using them for, like the tiles are the perfect thickness. They feel like chunky enough, but they're not so thick that building four on top of each other is almost unwieldy or something sure. like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, and, and as far as like any, like, uh, you know, icons, graphic design, they did a, did a great job. I mean, mm -hmm. once you figure out exactly what's going on, it is dirt simple and you don't yes. forget it. The so. one thing that I will say uh, is sort of a knock on the production is the player aid really isn't that helpful. The player aid on the back of the screen, you have to really know the game before the player aid gets oh, to be helpful. I, don't even I didn't if I think. At it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I just <laughs> don't think the. Uh, for the way it's laid out, the iconography of it, which, which makes sense on the on the individual cards themselves, but the way it's laid out is not real. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking at it. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. This, it didn't this make any like sense into me yeah. until yeah. I knew how to play the game. Yeah. Right, and at that point, then you don't, <laughs> don't need to need look that at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, that's one thing I will say: the screens, because you have everything behind a screen, so that people can't count resources or count points. Because in this game, you you need to know that. Um, yeah, the, the, that's that's not as helpful. Which, yeah, yeah if, I'm, I'm sure they have something on BGG, like someone's created with something, but like an actual play raid with right. words would help in this game. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. For your first couple so, of plays. Uh, plenty of, one thing I'll say, they had plenty of victory points because you had to be doing a lot of victory points, mm -hmm. and they, I never felt like, oh, there's not enough, like, you know, like you feel like Le, Le Grand Ha or something yeah. sometimes where you run out. This, plenty of them, so they, they did a good job with that. Right. Yeah, all right. Well, let's talk about gameplay. What did you think about gameplay, Clef? Uh, this is a, it's a fun little game. That's, that's yeah. how I would describe this. It, uh, you know, it has some neat, interesting multi-use cards. Um, you've obviously got to kind of decide, uh, where, you know, which kind of path that you're kind of looking to do. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that there's that, uh, area majority out on the board. That's really something you have to concentrate on. If you don't get a couple of big chunks of area majority, you're going to have a tough time winning this game. So mm -hmm. you got to be pay attention to that. Um, I definitely liked it when I got to draft my beginning tableau people. Yeah. Because I, I liked the fact I could kind of, you know, like, okay, well, this game, I'm going to kind of really, you know, hone in on expanding or, you know, maybe I'm going to discard cards and, you know, and I'm going to get a lot more resources so I can do some big moves. I, I kind of liked that as opposed to just kind of starting with the standard whatever decks that they have, you know, for the beginning games. I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. I, I will just say it's, it's a very solid game of what it is trying to do. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's one of those games. This is one I bought when I was in the hospital and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to read it when Jessica was like, you want to play a game? Once I got out of the hospital, I tried to read that rule book three, four times. And I was like, I, I just blamed it on COVID fog. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to wait till one of the, one of you two just teach me. <laughs> so, uh, but once you learn the game, it's very simple. Yes. It's a simple area majority game uh, that plays quickly. I mean, you can, especially if someone's taking out a bunch of tiles at a time, I mean, you can really fly through this game. Sure. And uh, yeah, solid little game. And I think the rule book could be a little better, but there's not much problem with the rule book. It's just one of those that the, the kind of blend of mechanisms doesn't really make sense until you start to play through yeah. like yeah. how those mechanisms are influencing what you're doing each step of the way. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I the, the rule book, I mean, I learned it from the rule book. I had played boy, like three years ago or something at geek way, a five but, player late night game. Yeah, yeah. Late night game that I, I'm pretty, I think I just slept through the whole the, the thing of it. But um, so we basically just learned it straight from the rule book and yeah, it was, there was some points where like, I don't get this, but then after you kind of start to do it, then you go, oh, okay, now I get mm -hmm. it. And like, yeah, once you get this game, 
it's it's simple. Yes, and I don't. This is one that I don't think that you know. I could go play this a year from now, and I'd be like, yeah, I remember the basics of how to play it. I really, really liked the flow of the gameplay. I I think that the way everything kind of flowed together and uh, just the mix of mechanisms, it it just seemed this game just seemed really honed to me. Mm. You know, uh, Xavier George, I think did. Uh, he did Carson City, and uh, there's one other game I remember that he's kind of, he's in that group of designers for Pearl Games, I believe, but uh, there's one other game, and I can't remember what it is, but this stands out to me more as his sort of crowning achievement of the three games that I'm thinking of, and it, it seems like this one was so, ho- it feels like it was developed really well. Like there's somebody in development. I haven't checked the the instruction booklet, uh, the manual, but I would be interested to know because it just feels like someone really guided this to do along the way, every step, just what it wants to do. It feels, mm. even though there are a few different mechanisms in it, it feels very lean and honed. And like Clef says, it, it sort of does what it wants to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really feels that way, and it feels like it was just developed for a purpose, knew what it wanted to be, mm-hmm. and it just does it so well. Yeah, and I what you said, how it flows. I mean, games that don't have rounds, I mean, I really sometimes, and I mean, don't get me wrong, my favorite game of all time has rounds, but sometimes a game that when it doesn't have rounds just seems to flow so mm-hmm. much better. It's just like, we're just going and going and going. Yep. It's not a, all right, let's stop. Let's change, you know, let's do this and this and this, and yep. you know, and like 10 minutes later, then you're ready for the next round. That this game just just flows and you're just kind of rolling and, and moving right along. Yep. And like Richie said, I mean, this game, one minute you can be like, okay, I'm doing this, and all of a sudden you'll look over and the pile's almost gone. Right. It's like boom, you know. <laughs> uh this is it's quick. It's not gonna be, yep. you know. Uh, and even when you do have that break of when the pile runs out and you all have to put back in your tiles, like that's yeah. That's oh, quick. That's super, a, super fast. A snap. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We, this goes into the gameplay. We didn't really talk about the theme, but the theme, it's called Ginkopolis because it's like in the future in the 2100s or something like that. And you're building the future is you're building up into these futuristic tree societies. It makes absolutely no yeah. sense. There's a reason all. why I didn't talk about the theme. Well, I know, but, <laughs> but listen, we're, I'm, we're addressing it because I'm, I'm, I was going to say it's like, an abstract game. And normally I don't like abstract games, you know, uh, just because at least when we're talking about, you know, chess or, you know, those kind of abstract games, uh, this feels pretty abstract, but I'm totally immersed in it when I'm playing just because of the, the blend of the mechanisms, the way that the multi-use cards work along with the drafting and along with the, the tableau. It looks Mm. like a little, I mean, it doesn't look like a a tree city, but I can, I can get the city, Thing out of it. <laughs> Look at kind Richie. Of? Richie defending this. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't, what Twilight so Zone did I just I know, go right. <laughs> Wow. I'm saying it's not. I mean, I agree with you that the the theme that they're trying to sell is ridiculous. But like, if this was just a modern city building game, I could see these buildings being like little skyscrapers. All right, it's a stretch. <laughs> do, do do either of you have a favorite uh, mechanism in this game or a favorite way that things work in this game? I, I think the cards that trigger is probably my favorite part of the game. You know, I, I, it, it gives you that good feel. You know, yeah. when you're playing that euro game, it's like, you know, all right, I'm going to do this. And now I'm going to get this, 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 and this, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, everybody yeah. looks at you like, ah, wow, all that stuff that you yeah. got, you know? So I think that's my favorite part of this game is, is building up those, those actions, you know, when you're, you know, those, that tableau and, and doing that. So. Yeah. I love that. I love the drafting. Cause there's times where you have a, a great hand that you've got yeah. and you don't want to pass some of these cards because yeah. someone could use it to break up one of the big districts that you have. And mm-hmm. I, I just like that little uh, tension that you get if right. you, if you, Get a good set of cards. Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree. It's nice because you are making yourself with your tableau, you're making yourself uh, stand out in your own way and kind of playing to your own strengths and that sort of thing as the game goes, which is always pleasing. I had a, a game uh, just recently where I was allowed to get two end game nine point scoring cards. Mm. So I had like, that's 18 right there. Wow. And then what I was doing was there was a five point building and that card came back to me a couple of times. So I just exploited that. And so doing that, you know, just got me 
tons of points nice. Uh, nice. along with a, you know, I had a heavy exploitation engine going. So it was, yeah. it was nice. Uh, so yeah, doing those things uh, that you have built up to, to be good at uh, always feels really interesting. Mm-hmm. Richie, what did you think about the interaction? Because this is a Euro, but I, I would say it has some interaction. Yeah, it definitely does uh, with the, especially with the being able to break up people's districts. And I mean, really, if someone's has a gigantic district and there's a weak spot in there where you can just plop something down and, you know, separate it and mm-hmm. if possibly get into those other districts as well. Uh, I love that interaction. I Like I said, I like the, the drafting portion of it where, you know, maybe I don't want to pass this card or I don't even want to pass uh, if it has a good in-game scoring for you. So maybe I'll exploit it and throw it in the discard for now and hopefully you don't get it. Uh, so, yeah, I think the interaction's decent. I mean, it's not you know, over the top or anything, but it, there's definitely some good interaction in it. Yeah. For the game, it is. I think it does yeah. a solid game. You know, it has a solid interaction. So what about, uh, what about player count? Uh, do you guys have a preference for player count with this game? I, I think you want it on the higher side. I will yeah. say that. Um, not that I think that two is bad. I've played some two player games of it. They go by really, really fast. Um, but obviously I think the biggest part of the game is what we talked about is the drafting. And then that area control, uh, or area majority, and th- that you you don't get the m- best of it in the two player game. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely think I would say probably four would be my thought is the sweet spot. Um, I wouldn't mind it at five because I still think it moves along, and you know I'll play it still at three. Yeah. Yeah, I would say at least three is what I want. Mm-hmm. I'll play it at two if I have to, but at least three. Uh, four. I got to play it at three and four. I did not get to play it at five, but I would definitely play it at five, especially how snappy it is. Yeah, it does move quick. You know, I don't worry about five uh, slowing it down, but it just felt like there was so much stuff going on mm. at five that the board kind of really fluctuated. So my preferred count that I've played it at is is three or four. Uh, I did even play it at solo. I don't. I don't think solo is something you're going to want to play it all the time at it. It might be just something you, you kind of to get a better handle on why you're doing what you're doing. You maybe play through, you know, solo. It's okay. Uh, but the, the, the bot, uh, I think they call it Hal. you know, like a, like how the computer, I, I, I think the bot is just sort of doing kind of random actions and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it matters as much. I mean, you are playing to beat him, but it just doesn't feel like it matters as much. Did anyone play? I I don't think it's in that rule book, but there's a way that you can set up the two player game slightly differently as far as the buildings. I think you set them up in a, a a T formation instead. Yeah, Um, about that. Oh, like a variant or something? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it may just be like a fan variant because oh. I don't think it's in that rule book. But right. I was just curious if anyone had played oh. that way in the two-player game and if it made it any better. But hmm. check that uh, out. Punch Punch, if you have, let us know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the only other thing to talk about would be uh, variability and replayability before we give our ratings. Uh, gentlemen, uh, what, do you, what do you have to say, Clap? Uh, I'm going to say low. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this game is... is what you see is what you're going to get every single game. Um, the variability is it, just not there. there. There's nothing nothing different about the game. Um, Replayability-wise, though, I mean, I still feel like there's some decent replayability in it. It's still a game, and especially for as quick and as snappy as it is, you can get in the game in like 45 minutes to an hour. It's a good starter or, you know, ender, and it still has some good thought process and still gives you those feel-goods, still working on that area, you know, majority. Um, I, I think the repealability is, I wouldn't, it's about average maybe as I'd say. So I would say, you know, definitely variability low, but uh, replayability, you know, just, just about average. So Richie, what, what's your thoughts? Variability low, definitely. It's the same game every time you're going to have the same cards in there. I mean, if it had like a, a separate deck or something like that, that you could swap out for, maybe that would increase, but uh, yeah, you're going to play the same game every time. Uh, as far as replayability, I enjoy the interaction that we're having out there as far as the area majority goes. So I, yeah, I would say that that is, you know, it's fair. It's, it's almost at that average spot. Yeah. Um, but I've enjoyed all my plays. I have not played a game of it where I regret it putting that on the table for right. sure. Uh, so yeah, I would say overall low, uh, variability, average replayability. We, we need a, uh, 
we need a Deus Egypt deck that, yeah. you know, all of a sudden then I can start taking stuff off of, you know, resources off of buildings or destroying buildings or something. Yeah. But, you know, we need the Clef Richie mean version of this. <laughs> That's <game>. right. <laughs> so well, Jerry, is, what's, there, what's your thoughts on the variability? We didn't. Quite I, 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 I would just say that I was going to agree with you guys. Uh, I know. Uh, because this is a reprint uh, of a very popular game. I know that there is an expansion out there. It is called Ginkopolis the Experts, and uh, they have not reprinted this. Uh, the hopes are that this is a popular enough reprint that maybe they'll reprint the uh, the expansion as well. Uh, it says here, I'm looking at it right now, it says that it contains six modules that can be added to the game individually or in any combination. You've got new buildings, prestige buildings, uh, green spaces, events, uh, keep a card or expert. So also it says uh, five player aid cards too. So I think oh, they understood nice. that they didn't have a good player aid. Almost Whoa. too bad. Usually when they do reprints, a lot they of times they add. I don't there, yeah. know they why they didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. So this has uh, nine, the new buildings are uh, nine new building tiles, three for each color that form a tile supply that's kept separate from the general tile supply. And then you can choose to draw from that, from that tile deck. So then it's also got uh, prestige buildings with six new building tiles, uh, three for each color, placed up in three piles uh, with 24 on top and 25 beneath. So that's interesting. And then you've got uh, green spaces. Uh, it doesn't say much about those from what I can tell. You've but got, some, some definitely variability yeah. that it would add. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. And that keep a card rule is just basically like you can keep a card during the choose card step of the game, giving a little bit more control. So you could keep mm. a card for that draft. Yeah, I, I don't guess, know if, if I wanted. like that. I like that tension of what card to have to choose, but and I then don't know. I'll try it. The yeah. experts are other character cards you can start with at the beginning of the game. So. Okay. All right. Cool. A little bit of variability there. Yeah. Well, hopefully so, they, well, they reprint that. Or if yeah. anything, I, I bet you, the since they really didn't change anything with this, I bet you if you track down a copy of the expansion that you'd be able to fold it work in. With yes, it, yeah. it's just pretty darn well, expensive I was about to right say, now. It's still <laughs> yeah. probably yeah. up the there. The secondary market's like, woo! Yeah, Gink was expensive before this reprint. Mm, yeah. So. yeah. But uh, I think it's time for us to give our give our uh, scores on this. Yep. Richie, you want to give our Punch Bunch newbies the rundown for our score? On Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale, with a one being a game that makes you miserable, and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. I'll start first. I always throw it to one of you two, but I'll right. go ahead and start all first. Right. Good. Uh, I was actually surprised by this game. I did not think that I was going to like it as much as I did, uh, especially uh, as you know we've been playing a bunch of different games that have kind of taken over uh, most of our gaming. Uh, but yeah, I was actually quite surprised by this. I, I'm glad they reprinted it. I'm glad I picked up a copy. And I, like I said, I really like the snappy gameplay. The rounds just flow very smoothly, or not rounds, but the turns just flow very smoothly. And overall, like I, like I said, I was very surprised by this game. And I'm, I'm coming in out of five. It's a game that I'm going to wow. continue to play. I and also it helps that I can play it on Bataju, which I've been playing. I've been playing it a lot on there. Wow. I've been enjoying my games. So I'm coming in at a five. If this wow. was released in a year, it could easily make my top 10 of a year. Wow. Wow. All right. All right, Chad. I'm not going to I'm not gonna make this very long. I'm going to agree with Richie. I didn't expect him to give it a five, but I'm going to give it a five as well because here's the thing. I really appreciate how well, like I said, how well this is honed. It just is a slick razor of a game that gets in gets out and does exactly what it wants to do and i i just applaud that i really like it and it and it makes it so that uh, the time really does uh, factor in here because it is so quick that that is high in my in my scoring of it uh, because i feel like there's not very many times that i won't want to pull this off the shelf you know in a short time period it, it really it really hits what it does. And I feel like even though it feels a little opaque at first, I can, I feel like I can teach this to a lot of different people. I, I just have to give it a five. I, I really like what oh, it does and nice. uh, uh, really, really enjoy this game quite a bit. All right, Clef. All right. Well, I'm rounding it out here. <laughs> He's going to bring it down. It's not a five. Okay, for me. Here is my thing. And, you know, and this is maybe just me as a gamer, you know, and obviously... When we give these ratings, we're giving our opinions as who we are, not necessarily, you know, what what I think the game is. That's for, you know, whoever decide. But here's my thing is I feel like I've played this game five or six times now, you know, obviously in a short span, but I could see myself 
not playing this game again for another year and being okay with that. It's not like a game that I'm like, oh man, I'm so excited to get this back to the table so I can try this or that. I feel like I've explored it pretty much where it's at. Now, the expansion comes out, count me back in. I mean, all that sounded mm-hmm. very interesting. I would be very much curious to see how that does, um, how that would affect the game. I'm 100% back in. But otherwise, I mean, it's a game and it's, it, you know, I feel like I've done it all already. So I was sitting debating between a three and a four. God, I, I feel bad now that both of you are giving it fives. I feel like, gosh, if I, I go too low, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving it a service. But I mean, if I really got to say for me and for what, you know, it's hard to say because I've enjoyed my plays, but then, you know, like I said, it's, it's just nothing that's going to really continue to captivate me. And I guess when we always say, when you're debating, you've always got to go lower. So mm-hmm. for me, it's a three and that's not saying it's a bad game. Cause I think it's a very excellent game. And I think a lot of the punch bunch will really, really enjoy this game. This is more I'm saying for punch bunch. It's more like me. The, if you feel like a game that you play it a couple of times and you've kind of, you know, that's, that's it. That's going to be this game. You're not going to get a long term of wanting to continue to try to, you know, do different things and try other ways and stuff like that. So it's going to come in a three for me. Still great game. I still, I, I see where both of you are giving it fives. Well, and I, I would say I've gotten five plays of this game at the different player counts, five or if you count that long late night one ago <laughs> uh, and, and one I played with Bryce even longer ago before that uh, at two players, I've gotten about six, but I, I, you know, I feel like there's, for me personally, there's stuff to, to, to still play and player interaction to explore. And I, wonder, I wonder if Bryce has the expansion. Oh, that's a good Ooh, question. I don't know. He probably he would. Probably does. He, he has all that. I'm sure he knows. does. Yeah. He has oh. tons of stuff. Yeah, wow. So that's a good that's a good question. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it, Punch Punch. You got Ginkopolis from uh, Xavier George and Pearl Games. And uh, Richie and I gave it five, and Clef comes in with a three. Well, Punch Bunch, thanks so much for listening. We want you to uh, keep interacting with us. If you haven't done that yet, please uh, get on uh, the the various channels with us. Uh, Facebook, we have a page. We are on Twitter, all that good stuff, you know. Uh, if you want to join our Slack, that's uh, just an email to punchboardparadise at gmail.com. We're having some, uh, we're having a lot of fun on there. Uh, I think some of us are tiring of uh, some online gaming, but there's always an age of steam that's night. just these two. <laughs> I, I the, am, the online am, gaming channel on Slack is uh, I'm done with online live and well. Yeah. It is, it is. There, there are a bunch of people that are still playing a, yeah, a lot. And I there know. is an Age of Steam night every week. So That's if right. you like that game, for, just for that alone, you should you join up You want to see me that. score negative 25 points? There you go. Tuesday Come on nights. In. There you go. Yeah, I don't want to see Richie score anything. But punch, punch. <laughs> Thanks again to our, to our patrons. Uh, we are really enjoying this new equipment. We got some other new sound stuff on the way. We plan to have uh, some more guests on now, uh, just like we did for those that really have contacted us and, and enjoyed having Jess on. We did too. She's great. And uh, for those, we we say thanks. And uh, you can come and support us on Patreon. Type in Punchboard Paradise at Patreon if you want to support us. And if you can't, we totally understand. These are crazy times and everybody's got their own stuff to worry about. But we really appreciate, uh, you know, retweets and, and uh, sounding off on the various channels about the podcast and telling a friend. So thank you to each and every one of you that make doing this podcast worthwhile. Uh, I sincerely mean it when I say take care of yourselves, Punch Punch, and take care of each other. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at punchboarders. We are on Instagram at punchboardparadise and Facebook at punchboardparadise. That one with the wooden bowls.